Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hello, everyone. I'm Brent, joined by Aaron. Hey, we are back in the set. It's been a while. It has been a while. I, had I to like dust it. this sucker off, man. I, I like the uh, the new additions to the to the wall hangings. Oh yeah, That's those good. look good. So um, this week, our good and dear friend the boat, he's out of here. We kicked him to the curb. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because I'm not going to bring you in. No. So boat is in France. He's in France. The big F. In fact, I think he's flying out of France this very morning. Now we are recording. Uh, right before we post this thing, so it, this recording is, on Father's Day. Yeah, on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Yeah, exactly. And Boat uh, is heading out uh, of France. I think he may be on the plane as we speak, uh, winging his way back to the good old U.S. of A. But uh, we are carrying the load this week as we take a good hard look at Dark Sea. Yes, Dark Sea. But before we do, oh, we've got. Some feedback. Oh. Some feedback. And Boat, Boat said, listen, we've got to read this feedback. So read it, we shall. So uh, this feedback is from a fellow named David Pickford. And he writes, hi, guys. Just wanted to drop you a quick note to say how much I love your podcast. Thank you. Oh, wow. On my commute to work, I flip-flop between Amigos, ARG Presents. Hey, hey. hey. I've heard of that. And the Retro Hour. I heard of that, too. And the drive just flies by. I'm originally from the UK as a child of the 1980s with two elder brothers. We had a variety of 8 and 16-bit computers. Uh, ZX81, Texas Instruments. Man, he had a TI. Uh, BBC Model B, C64, Amiga 500. Woo, and the big daddy, the Acorn Archimedes. Me want one of those so desperately. I moved to the USA 16 years ago. And got back into retro gaming around two years ago. Dang. So far, I have, an acqui- I have acquired an NTSC C64, a PAL C64C, and my pride and joy, an Amiga 1200 with 32 gigabyte CF card and 030 accelerator. Lucky boy. Lucky wow, boy. there you go. It's the one to own. Yeah, I've noticed a reoccurring theme in the show has been obtaining power supplies for Amigas. That's true. And I just thought I would let you know about Ray Carlson. Ray is an expert in Commodore 8-bit electronics and has been helping fix up one of my C64s. He also builds power supplies for 8-bit Commodores and the Amiga. Hey. And he's uh, sent a link, which we'll link this up. Um, they're a bit expensive, but very well made, and, and I've been happy with mine. I use one to power my Amiga 1200 and the C64C. Keep up the great work, David. Hey, hey. thank you, David. It was Let nice. me tell you something. Quality and power supplies, incredibly important. Well, it, you'd think that, but I've been limping along and ragging them up power supplies for quite a while, including the uh, the uh, Polish miracle that I have in the uh, still in, in, uh, used on my 1200 in there. But uh, 
Uh, as we move forward in the Amiga world, we all know that these uh, these products are getting younger, yep. and that is one of the first things to go. Yeah, and and you hope it goes quietly and doesn't take a lot of stuff with it. That's true. So uh, let's move on to just a brief, the briefest of brief Amiga news. Is I want to go just touch on a few things. Sure. Um, our good and dear friend Chris Foles. Chris Foles. Sent. That's right. You go. You're filling in perfectly. Uh, he has sent in something I saw that I spread hither and yarn. A worthy, fabulous Amiga OCS action puzzler is finally here. And uh, we've got a link on our Google+. Plus. Uh, I had a look at this, just the briefest of looks, and it looks interesting. I would say that action puzzles aren't not necessarily my bag, but, uh, hey... Now, I've been known to dabble. Now, when you say action puzzles, do you are you talking about like lemmings type variety? Would you I, I'm consider not sure. Have not played puzzle? this? I would. Yes. Yeah. No. Okay. I wouldn't consider action puzzle or be lemmings. I'd say an action puzzle would be Impossible Mission Two. Would be. Oh, would okay. Come, would come I, to mind. I, I see my, that a lot in, more action. In a lot less puzzles. Or maybe something like The Lost Vikings. Okay. How about that? Yeah. All right. Yeah, all but, right. Uh, or even Benefactor, which I don't think you've played, Branster. Uh, but uh, that we've played uh, looked at that one here recently. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on was uh, we are uh, we are prepping the uh, the prepping has begun for the Amigathon Amigathon 2018 uh, July 7th July 7th it's gonna we be a be, big long day if you were in America it'll be 6:30 in the morning uh, <laughs> I'll be uh, staggering to boats. To uh, to get myself prepped for at least fifteen hours Whew. of gameplay, uh, we have uh, received uh, a lot of donations, and we appreciate everyone that's, that's sent in. All the proceeds go toward the Children's Miracle Network uh, hospitals, and they will be uh, sent directly to them. We are we are simply raising the money. It and doesn't even go through Amigo's hands. No, it's, no. It's straight from your hands we to cannot, theirs. We cannot be... Uh, uh, you can't use our math skills to, to do <laughs> these sums. That would be foolish. You'd uh, either we, end up donating a million dollars or 12 cents. The Children's Miracle Network would go in hock if we were trying to figure <laughs> out what was going on. Uh, so, uh, But we're going to be playing games. I believe we're going to be taking um, donations for... The way Boat's been doing it is for every dollar you donate, you get a minute of game time. And I believe that's going to continue right up until the uh, the uh, last day. I don't know if he set a, cut, a cutoff date on it. And then after that, uh, we will be taking donations uh, during the event, uh, of course. And uh, donations will go toward who is going to receive the, uh, the uh, uh, very deadly, the very painful pie to the face. I have been told that Boat is currently winning the race, so we need more of that Boat money coming in yeah. to uh, pile this prim and proper sweater vest wearing sucker who who mocked me incessantly as I was in agonizing uh, whipped creamed pain and agony last year. So I'd be more than happy to see the Boat take one for the team. But uh, we hope you'll join us uh, for at least some of the event. Uh, it should be entertaining. We'll have tons and tons of wacky guests. I'm sure the Brent will stop by. I plan on being there for... More than a couple hours. Some yes. of your, uh, some of your other uh, 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 Amiga notables. I know our good friend John is gonna is gonna be around, so it should be a good time. Uh, join us on July seventh. We'll have more details coming, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. Um, site news this week. Uh, we of course 
have a secondary show called Insert Disc Two. Except there's a girl that does that voice now, not me. And uh, uh, same difference. Well, it's a robot girl. He canned the robot man. He said, "Like he said, that's gone." So, uh, but uh, so we'll have uh, we'll have uh, um, a discussion. I'm trying to think what our discussion was last week. I believe it was on boats trip to France, so it's timely. And it was also on Dungeons and Dragons. Of oh all things. man, good episode. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so, one worth listening. So to. if you want to uh, check that out. Uh, feel free to pop on by. I don't know if there's any. I don't, I don't have it right in front of me. I don't think there was anything else released. Dreamcatcher may have put up an article, but I'm going to check. Uh, but I think that's all we've got news-wise this week. So uh, Don't forget the ARG show. Oh, I, well, how could I forget that? I, you're a part of it, so we, I don't uh, know. We have a little show, me, me and this guy are doing, the Brent. ARG presents, and we have... Uh, uh, Brent has t- usurped, taken... Uh, beat down the boat, taking the spot, and he is uh, on the on the crew full time. And we're looking at some uh, consoles, some unusual, some oft overlooked consoles and arcade stuff. And we just got finished playing Sega CD uh, titles yes. last week. Uh, one of the best in uh, and in yours. Know, one of the one of the mediums. Brent has quickly established a gimmick on the show for picking garbage. That's, and, that's, that's not true. That streak continues you. unabated in the uh, in the <laughs> next edition of the show. We'll be playing Neo Geo. So if you want to hear about some non amiga related stuff and just uh, hear us joke around, come check us out over on ARG Presents. We have both YouTube and downloadable podcast versions. Yes. Um, All right, let's fire forward. So, before we move on to the main event today, uh, you'll recall that uh, we looked, me and Boat, uh, looked at five games we would take to a desert island uh, last last week on the show. Last week, yeah. And so, since Brent's here this week, and Brent also had an Amiga for a while, actually sort of grew up with it more than I did since he was younger than when we had it. Um, Brent, I asked him to think about what he would take on the island. So, Brent, why don't you uh, talk about some of the picks you made for what you would take out there on the island. If I had five games, five Amiga games, that that was it. That was my entertainment all out on an island, and I had the the goods to play them. Uh, one game I would definitely take, Wings. Now, i got to agree with you there. I don't know, did you, did you see our show last week? I didn't take mention of your picks. Well... I oh you wanted to keep yourself pure. That's right. Okay, I want, well, these are all me, no influence. First of all, you made that's the tremendous first pick. It's yes. the exact same pick I made. I also chose wings. Boat lamented that he pref- he didn't know if he preferred wings over three stooges or not. Three and stooges I, does not have the replayability. That's what I said. And now, so what did you like about I mean, wings? Exactly? Wings, you've got the the long and rich story, and there's a lot going on. You've got the varied gameplay. Um, you you can really this is something you can either marathon and play for hours and hours so you really get a, that to absorb that story or you can break it up over days or weeks just play a mission or two you know because it, it kicks you right back in when you play and I like that about the game I, I agree plus I mean it, it's a uh, uh, there are varied gameplay elements yes. too, which, which yep. is nice so that, I agree with that choice obviously we, we, like I said we didn't collude on these no no so these are great minds think alike what, what do you got uh, next number two uh, Chaos Engine aka Soldiers of Fortune K- 
chaos engine. I didn't know you were into that. Yeah. Now a lot you'll make a lot of our listeners happy because uh, they liked that game a lot more than me and Boat did. When oh, we I loved it. it. Really, love it. I didn't have no idea. And let me tell you something. And, and you know why I'd bring on the island? Mm-mm. You can go through it six times. With a multiple, the the varied characters are, in my opinion, varied enough that you get a different gameplay experience as you go through it. So you pick up the preacher one playthrough, uh, maybe the thug the next. Two totally different play styles. It did have an interesting vibe to it, and I like the atmosphere that they had on there. Yep. It, was, it was good. That's, that's, I mean, I, you could do worse. Okay. Uh, my third game, something to keep the brain moving, Lemmings. Lemmings was sort of my alternate pick. What, what do you like about it? Well, Lemmings, you can play through Lemmings in two ways. You can just go and try to beat all the levels. Just the minimum you, you can save, you just keep going. Or you could really sit down, think about it, how am I going to save as many as possible? So the game has great replayability. Yeah, and uh, um, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's funny. Uh, this, of course, this wouldn't affect the Desert Island, but for the few levels they provide, the multiplayer is pretty fun too. Me and Bo did it, and we had a good time playing with it. I don't know if you were. I don't know. Hey, I have played it. multiplayer. Oh, oh yeah, yep. Uh, in school days, uh-huh. uh, but you know that's. That's not where Lemming shines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you got next? Fourth game, and, and this is kind of an oddball one, uh, TV Sports Basketball. <laughs> I also chose this as an alternate because it's so great. It's My gosh, it's, I didn't realize we had similar such similar taste. Well, here's why I was thinking with TV Sports Basketball. Fun to play. Yes. You can spend eons adjusting your players, make, adjusting your rosters, adjusting the stats. Uh, a lot of fun there. And also, you can just sit back, watch the computer play itself. You can play as the coach instead of actually playing the game just to substitute players. I didn't even, I didn't even talk about that. Yeah, you You're can right. play the players themselves. So it's got a lot of varied gameplay. You've also got a full season. Yeah, can, so yeah season yeah. mode. That's, those are valid points. Now, I, in my sports category, I went with uh, Lotus 2. Over this, but this was a very close second. See, I'm... the reason why, I, and this is why Chaos Engine was a little on the teetering side, but I ultimately went for it because it's just so much fun, great action. Any game where you start it up and you're at level one, eh. I mean, if you can go and well, say... Well, it does have level codes. Well, so you can pick different levels. You can so. write them in the sand. That's right, yeah. Yeah, the tide Listen, comes got plenty and of time, then you're wiped you out. you got plenty of time to memorize them. Oh. Write them with a monkey. <laughs> well, if you're going to do that to a monkey, just let them play lemmings well, with there you. There you go. Uh, and my final choice, kind of a lame one, I'm going to admit, but it's something I would take with me regardless of console... And that's going to be Tetris. And I for the Amiga, I went with Tetris Pro. Tetris. Yes. I can't fault that, because that, that is a good choice. Uh, I've not found an Amiga Tetris game that I thought was that great. Tetris Pro is the best of the bunch. The Amiga, it's crazy. It's kind of lacking in good Tetris clones. But uh, Amiga, the Tetris Pro, at least it's got good music. Good gameplay. It fills the bill. Mm, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. So well, that would be my five. Wings, Chaos Engine, Lemmings, TV Sports Basketball, and Tetris Pro. Not bad, not bad. Uh, and I agree with so many of those, it's, I'm actually very surprised. So, 
that dispatched, let's get on to this week's game. I'm going to grab the Gambletron 5000 here. I'm saving paper this week. And we're going to talk about Dark Seed. Yes. Uh, this was a, our good friend Adam suggested we play this one. Dark Seed, I have, I have to say I've never I never played it. Had you had you played it? I had heard of it. I'd seen the box. I Well, the, the box is iconic because of the subject matter. Right. Uh, I had not played Dark Seed until you said, hey, let's brush up on this one. And uh, I missed this. This was a, this is a really solid game. Oh, okay. Well, okay. There's a little bit of a disclosure there. So, uh, this came out in 94 uh, on a disc. And this was from a developed by an outfit called Cyber Dreams. Uh, this game, uh, of course, one player. This is your classic... Uh, point and click, point and click adventure game. I wouldn't say classic because uh, this game had a gimmick, and uh, I'll get into it. Uh, this game uh, got a few conversions, more than I would have thought. Yeah, a lot. Uh, and actually. I think with the one, I think the one I saw in the stores was, the, and it was the same box was the PC version, but they all look the same. You had your uh, the Apple Mac Classic got a port. Weird, but I mean, I guess it makes sense given what it is. It's yeah. probably pretty easy to pour it. The PC DOS and Windows got ports. Mm -hmm. uh, the Saturn. Yes, that's the one I don't understand. Uh, the PlayStation also got a port yep. a, 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 on it as well. And they were all apparently pulled off of the original PC DOS release. So this is sort of, this is not an Amiga uh, first game. This was done on some, on some, other, uh, on some other games. So... Darksy, what is it? Well, it's a game like we said. That's a point and click affair. Uh, the uh, the opening of this game is very, very graphic and disturbing. And by uh, by the by the standards of the day, uh, you uh, see a man strapped to like a, a chair and having something uh, injected into his brain. Yeah, they. I mean, literally, they rip his head open. And they shove a thing in there. And yep. then that's the way the game starts. It's very crazy. And so, to understand how this works, I should have mentioned, they also have a CD32 port of this, which I'll get into in a moment. I actually played both. So, this game is basically a, a vehicle for the artwork of H of, of this guy named Giger. Now, over here, me and Bo have talked about old Giger uh, many times. We have uh, uh, pronounced his name Geiger for our entire lives. I don't know. Did you ever heard it pronounced Geiger or Geiger? I man, I mispronounced my own name, so well, I'm not going to get into that. Fair enough. So, uh, H. R. Geiger is the <laughs> name's Hans Rude Geiger. He is uh, Swiss, uh, and he uh, uh, died just a few years ago uh, at the age of 74 in, in 2014. Decent run. Um, I'd say Giger is most well known, at least in America, uh, for his work on the Alien movies. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. He was uh, he was tapped with producing uh, the ships, the aliens, the art, the that the the sets and whatnot. He's known for his ability to blend a, a, like a biomechanical style. His artwork is very. Stylized, you yes. can't help but know it's one of his works or a derivative uh, when you see it. And uh, so when these this company came around to 
utilize Giger's work in their game, um, and they kind of pitched it to him. He's like, "Listen, he's like, uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna do it that way." He's like, "Because I'm not gonna allow it because you are showing me low resolution, yeah, um, uh, screens, and I and I, it looks it looks horrible." So they went back to the drawing board and came up with a way to uh, to put this in a higher res. And it turns out that this ended up being one of the first. In fact, some people say the first. There are uh, differing opinions, but uh, they this is one of the higher res, the first higher res games. Uh, the uh, funny thing about it is, is when you see it, to me, uh, it doesn't seem to make that much of a difference. I didn't. I wasn't struck by the incredible clarity. I guess of the. Of the artwork or the uh, or the surroundings, what did you think? It, it about certainly that? wasn't like walking in and seeing Dragon's Lair for the first time, right? Uh, it used it used four uh, six forty by three fifty graphics, uh, and th- that uh, and he and again this was a demand, so he they went up they basically went up a, a, a full slate on the graphics to get give him what he wanted, and then yep. he allowed the graphics to be in. Again, uh, Giger's art is biomechanical in nature mm-hmm. so there's lots of industrial tubes sticking out of plants or people's with pins through their faces or it's you can't you can't miss it and so I, I'm going to assume that they wrote the game around his art uh, and what they could do with it and I will say um, on that level they sort of succeeded they yes. I mean, it they I guess if you're inspired by someone's art, this is the game you would most likely make. I mean, it's not going to be a game where you walk a puppy in the park. There's going to be some weird crap going on with weird aliens, and you know it's going to be some strange stuff. So, uh, in this game, uh, uh, you play a, a fellow named Mike Dawson. Yes. Uh, he's a advertising executive, which I don't know where that. I don't remember reading that in yeah. the game, so I'm guessing that it, came it, from the you know, support yeah. material. Yeah. Uh, he has just bought a new a new mansion, and uh, in a small near a small town. And on the first night he's in the house, he has a nightmare that uh, people aliens stick a weird thing in his brain, which is the opening scene of the game. Uh, once that scene is finished, uh, you uh, your your player Mike wakes up in from bed, his head's hurting, and that's and you take over, and uh, you are in his mansion. Yep. Uh, and this is where the game begins. Now, uh, the game has uh, an interesting uh, play. It's got an interesting interface, right? Where you basically uh, you use the mouse and the and the mouse buttons for pretty much everything. Almost everything. Yeah, and uh, it works. Pr- you know, I, we we covered a, a we've mentioned it. To death, we covered a game a while back called Fly the Amazon Queen, and I liked it because the interface I thought was very simple and easy to use. This interface actually trumps that one in terms yeah. of easeability. I mean, I it's this is not a game that's as complex or as complicated or as uh, traditional as that, uh, but this game uh, is drop dead simple. You basically move your mouse around the screen. It's one of the old find a hidden button routines. Where you're, you know, you can look around till you find the item you want, and then your guy sort of will automatically do what he's supposed to do with the item. There's not a whole lot of, 
I mean, by that I mean, for example, the first thing you do in the game is get up out of bed, go to the bathroom, open the. I mean, the first thing I did was find the bathroom, open the medicine cabinet, and get some aspirin. Right? Because if you don't, he complains and complains about his head hurting endlessly and endlessly. <laughs> and so, all you basically are doing is pointing to where you want to go. He walks there, and when you get to a doorway, the, the uh, uh, cursor turns into like a plus sign or something. It, it's an basically means go. You can go there. You click on it. He goes there. And then you click on what you want to open. He just opens it. You click on the, the you look. You can when you put your pointer over top of something, it the, it tells you what it is. You click on it. Uh, you can and he'll either use it or inventory it. And then that's it. That's pretty much all there is to it. Uh, is this game going to um, win awards for its incredible uh, ingenuity? No. But if you want a simple, this is like remember Mist. Remember how simple mm-hmm. Mist was? This is sort of reminds me of a, prede- uh, a predecessor, a very simple game that it that that is in some ways style over substance, but uh, the interface works well for what they have put together. Uh, I had no trouble understanding how it worked, getting right into it, and once you get past for me, and as you all know, I'm a sort of a neophyte in the realm of the click point click adventures. Once I get over the interface and understand the rules, it gets down to the gameplay and the story. When and so I was very quickly in the story. It didn't take me that long to understand what was happening. I mean, clearly they spelled out pretty pretty much right away that you're you know something weirds happened. Right. It's up to you to explore the house, and that's what you do at the beginning. You explore this guy's mansion. Um, <clears throat> he's got a library. The root that. The house includes a, a library, a, an upstairs foyer, a downstairs entryway, uh, a bedroom, a bathroom, kitchen, basement, and like I said, a library. And then, as you learn, which I thought this was kind of weird, uh, when you fi- first stumble across the map, uh, you are instantly told that there's a secret door. And I thought, that's strange. And the secret door goes into a secret room with a ladder that goes back upstairs. And then uh, a, f- a little bit further on, you find that there's a um, spoiler alert, I guess, but you find that there's a rope that you can tie to the the balcony upstairs and shimmy down to the backyard. And I thought to myself, this is strange that these would get you to places because really that's all they do. But I, as I learned, this I think was put in the game to save you time, yeah. to uh, so you didn't have to go all the way back to the mansion to get upstairs. Uh, and the reason is, is because time plays an incredible element in the game. That's the key. Go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, Dark Seed on its on its surface is a pretty mediocre to good point and click adventure. Uh, where it really strays from the path is it has a time element. In three days, you're dead. If you do not solve the mystery, you're dead. Game over. There's no going back. There's no safe state. You're dead. That's it. Yeah. You have to start over. Uh, and the game doesn't tell you this. The first time you play, you're going to die because you run out of time. Yeah. There's no way. There's no other way around it. And you're not going to understand why you died either. Uh, but not only that, the time element has different ways of playing with the game besides those three days. Stores open and close based on the time of day. Uh 
your guy will get tired, go to sleep, just yeah. wherever he's at. So, uh, you know, if it's late and you don't tell him to go to bed, he's just going to lay down and go to sleep, and that can cause you problems sometimes in the game. Uh, a neighbor says, meet me out back at 6. <laughs> if you miss that prompt, if you're not there at 6, game over. Yeah. You don't know it at the time, but you just completely miss it. And this is where the only other control that I'm aware of comes into effect, is you can hit T on your keyboard and pass an hour's worth of time. Yes. And you have to use that sometimes. Yes. <clears throat> well, I don't know if you... You don't have to. You well, can just It depends on how there. you want. Like, for example, uh, when you uh, go to meet the neighbor, if you get there too early or you get to a place where there's everything... Now, again... You're going to screw up a lot. I used it quite a bit and then realized that was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, you can use it. The element's there. And it's, or you could just sit there and time will right. pass. But, you know. Now, my biggest complaint with this was there wasn't an on-screen element that kept track of time for you. You could go and look at the clock and it would tell you what time it was. But I wish they would have actually had an on-screen element that said it is this, at least when every hour ticks by. I would have liked that. Um, the other elements of the game, of of course, and I'm going to assume you've either played Dark Seed, or you want to know about Dark Seed. So I am going to go into some spoiler territory. Yeah, you can't help but spoil this, one. right? Yeah, you, you have you, to talk about the game. Uh, you eventually go through a mirror into the mechanical world. That or alien mechanical world. The other side. Whatever that's right. Is, yeah. uh, and that's where you that's when the game gets special. Up until that point, you're doing a click point click adventure that has some horror elements because your guy hallucinates at certain points of the game. Uh, but when you go into that other alien world, that's where the artwork really kicks in. Uh, yeah, the music geared, it's geared out the end. Yeah, yeah the music intensifies. There's you know, otherworldly imagery where before it's kind of, you know, pretty standard stuff. Um, and you really, you get to explore the other, this alien world, see how it ties into the world that you live in. Um, for me, I really enjoyed this game. Hmm. I enjoyed the simplicity of the controls. You... You know, you click, you right-click, and you can turn it into a, a, a question mark cursor and kind of mouse over things that you think might be interesting. It'll turn into an exclamation point, and then that will allow you to click on it and get a little bit of dialogue, narration about what you see. Um, the other characters in the game, the other NPCs, uh, you know, they don't play a huge part, but there is relevance to them being there. They do tie to the story. One particular uh, again, spoilers, the librarian is actually an alien in disguise who is doing things to help you. You know, laying, uh, putting hints in certain areas to help you progress through the game. I couldn't tell if she was an alien or was just possessed by no, an alien. Well, she's an alien. You, find, you learn that at the, it's literally the last thing you see in the game. Sort of. Yeah. And so uh, uh, you can't quite. I was not one hundred percent sure that there's, that the game leaves a lot of room for some, for uh, debate at the end. Uh, this game clearly was uh, open for sequel, which it did receive. Yes, Dark Sea, yeah, yeah. two, uh, which I haven't played, but I'm now very interested in playing it. So, how far did you get in this thing? I gotta ask you. I 
I made three full attempts at the game. Uh, the first time, I didn't understand the time element. Uh, screwed around. And also, when you the very first time you play it, you have absolutely no idea what you're supposed to do. I mean, they drop you in a world. They don't say, you should go check out this blah, blah, blah. It is literally, you have no idea. You're just running around, which mm. I, I like in a game. I, I don't mind it. Um, so the first time, I just kind of clicked around. I, I went to all the venues. I kind of got lost. Uh, which the one thing that Dark Seed does lack on is screens. I think probably in the entire game, there's probably only about thirty screens. I, I'd be surprised if there was that much. To be honest um, with you, it was. It was. There were. That's. I noticed there were very. If you if you go through every scene in the game, all right, there's all the rooms in your house plus a garage plus a backyard. There's your neighbor's backyard. There's the city, which there's like four or five places there. And then the road to and from the city, and then the road to and from the graveyard, and then when you go to the mirror, it's sort of the same stuff in a mirror, and it it's sort of the same locations with different graphics. If you notice, in fact, he even mentioned well, it feels like going through my house, right? Because you're in the mirror universe, so you're sort of going to the same places with different graphics, right? But it's uh, but they're, they're certainly varied yeah, 30, enough to yeah, be. Yeah, you're probably right. Now think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's definitely varied enough to be considered different locations, though. Um. I did not get through the mirror on my first playthrough. I, I missed something easy and ran out of time and died. Fired it up again, uh, made it much farther, got into the mirror universe, fell asleep while I was in the mirror universe, an alien picked me up, put me into a uh, container, game over. So that's another way to <laughs> die. That's how those people got the container. I didn't do that. Yeah, I just fell... At my, and that's the reason why I went an on-game timer to show me the time. I didn't realize I was that close to being needing to go to bed. Just fell asleep and died. The third time I played, I said, you know what? I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm, I'm going to not do that. And I want to try to do every possible thing. And by doing every possible thing to go into every possible room, interacting with every possible object, uh, I, I barely got back to the Mirror Universe uh, before I ran out of time. So, you got pretty well into it. I, 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 have, I watched a run after, because I didn't want to spoil myself. So, I, I made my runs and then I watched someone speed run the game. Uh, I would say I was probably about two-fifths of the way through. I think a speedrunner went through it in about an hour. 20 minutes. Was, oh, was it that? 20 that, minutes. Now, wow. I, the one I watched, it got to think about an hour. I got, let me tell you where I got hung up. And, I, and I'll admit, I, I, I had to cheat. I had to go over and look up what to do. And then I got further and I had to cheat again. Oh. I had, I'm listening, I'm, this is not my bag. But I, I did pretty good on my own. Uh, there's a coat in the closet, and there's something in the pocket. Yeah. I didn't catch that the first time. Oh, So that yeah. cost me. I believe it was a key. Library card. Library card, that's what it was. So I, I got all of the library and all of a sudden, and I got there and picked up, there's a point where they you get a phone call that says you've got a book to pick up. Yes. I got that phone call before I went to the library the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're so, way behind the curve. Right, right. So, and yeah, when the game, when the time element kicks in, you're screwed. And I got to a point where I just couldn't do anything. Something I thought was odd, though, like I said, it, it, the fact that you find a map that tells you there's a secret room, that was a strange, interesting thing to put. I don't know why they would tell you that. Well, if you notice, you can't do things 
that your character doesn't know right. that you do know. Yeah. So before you could even use that secret passage, you had to look at the map. Now, and that happens quite a bit. Yes. There's yeah. But one thing this game does share with a lot of its uh, brethren is the old wacky puzzles. Like you need to pick up, like for example, you can. There's a store in the game, and you have some money, and so you can go to the store. And buy some, I believe it was bourbon with uh, scotch. Scotch, and the guy says, "Oh man, you're the so and so is gonna be mad that you bought the last one." You know, well, you have to make that leap that that guy's a drinker, and you and that comes into play later when mm-hmm. you you know you know give you can him, offer him drink. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are uh, plenty of elements that require. Like another guy I had trouble with was a crowbar. If you remember that part, yeah. And uh, what you have trouble with there? I just couldn't find. I, I didn't know what to do. Oh. You know? Alright. And so, if you're not good... If this is one of those games, if you're good at these sorts of games, you'll probably go through this pretty quick. Which you'll have to because of the time limit. Now, the part where you go to the underworld or the mirror universe, where that gets pretty wacky. And again, they use that area to really show off the Giger art. They really have a ton of... It's everything there is Gigered up. There's tentacles and pipes and it's all black and gray and weird looking. Uh, even in your living room, there's a, Ge- a very famous Giger painting on the wall. Yes. Yep. So that you're oh, the box art. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but I'm saying they use it in the game. Sure. Now, from reading people that have talked with Giger about this game, he, I, from what I could r- tell, he didn't have any input on the game and didn't. All he did was basically license the art. So it's not sure. like he was supervising or, or even probably didn't give a, two craps about no. it when push came to shove. But he got paid. Uh, I, something else I found out about Giger is there, there are still to this day two Giger built bars. I think they're both in Switzerland, and they're the most funky looking thing you ever saw. I can believe it. So if you want to get <laughs> if you want to get liquored up in the most creepy place on earth, you can go down to the Giger. I think they're called the Giger Bar. That's what they're calling. Uh, but Giger, like I said, with the, his artwork played a huge role in the game, but he himself did not. Uh, and 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 which, uh, from what I could tell, kept going to the second game. I didn't I didn't play or look at the second game, but from what I read here and there, it was more of the same. Um, I tried the uh, ECSOCS version of this, and I also tried the CD version, uh, the CD32 version. Now the differences there were um, the, all the dialogue was read; it was a uh, spoken, mm-hmm. um, and. Some of the dialogue is spoken in the other version. There are some points where the guy talks. I think I prefer it the old way, the where it's not all spoken. Because that game, the game does have a very creepy vibe to me. It's it's unsettling with the artwork, and the story is unsettling, especially considering the whole time you're playing it, you know you've got something in your head. Right. It's sort of disturbing, you know, in a, in a, in a way. And it, it kind of threw me off. Did you get? To, did you hear any of the dialogue or go down that road? On yeah, that? yeah. I I I played a, a version that had the dialogue, um, which the dialogue's actually pretty well done. Uh, and uh, did you? I'm sure you did. You get to a point where you picked up the baby, the the pack, the baby package came. Yeah. What was? I wasn't even sure what the heck that was up with that. Yeah. Well, I, that happens pretty early in the game. With this this package comes. The doorbell rings, you open the door, and there's a baby transforming it back into a baby from doll. an alien. Uh, or, sorry, it has a message on it or something, as I recall. It, well, if you... Uh, How strange If that. you go into the game a little bit, something you learn is you're not the first person who's had this done to them. Pretty much all the occupants of the town are have been 
controlled by aliens. <clears throat> and during the process of the alien uh, growing inside your brain, you start to hallucinate. So anytime you, the, like the baby, when it shifted to the, to the gory of after image and then back to the baby doll, that was you hallucinating. So I thought that touches like that were pretty. Why neat. was the baby there? Why did you have a baby doll delivered in the first place? Yeah, that that's what I didn't get. Yeah, that I don't know. And there's some the, the <coughs> use of imagery in this, to, and there's a part where this sort of message sort of morphs in and out of a what was it? He was reading a paper or, or it was a library book or something. There was yes. a message that sort of morphed in and out of it. Yeah, it, it does give you the unsettling feeling that your brain's jacked up. Yeah, you know. And in that regards, it does really well. It does. I mean, this was an unusual game. I, I think, I think in a lot of ways it's pedestrian, but uh, in terms by today's of, standards, yeah. But I mean, in the artwork and stuff made set it apart, and the story was definitely not pedestrian. It was you, it unique. Was pretty good. But I thought yeah. the, I thought the actual puzzle elements were. I mean, for unlike I, it's not anything I hadn't seen before, unlike your Monkey Islands or your Police Quest or that type of games, where sometimes the the correlation between item. And what that item is used for is off the charts wacky. I think a lot of this is pretty down the middle of the road. I, I felt that uh, you found a crowbar in the trunk of your car. Okay, I can see that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you use the crowbar to open a locked trunk. Okay, I can see that. I think yeah. all that, those type of puzzle elements, it was more about, well, can I use this for this? Oh, I can. Well, that makes sense. Uh, and I, I did enjoy that about the game. I think really the only thing I did not like about this game is traveling between scenes took a long time. It did. Your guy, which is probably why they minimized the uh, the amount of times you had to do that with those extra places where you didn't have to go through an entire scene to get back to it. And, and like the the graveyard, the path in the graveyard, the graveyard is one has one scene where you have to lock the entire length of the screen and then the entire length back to go to the next page. That kind of stuff wears on me for as slow as your guy moves. Yeah. I, We've seen that before in some of these games where the guys move painfully slow. Yeah. It's like, come on, get there. And when you're playing through it for the second or the third time and you're trying to get a little bit farther, uh, because if you run out of time, you have to restart, that kind of stuff makes playing it over and over again really painful. It's not one you're going to go back to after you beat it or when you get sick of it. I mean, uh, because yeah. it, it doesn't have much replay value. It's sort of, sort of just showing it to your buddy, I guess, saying, look what's going on. And there are some pretty good animated sequences in it uh, that look pretty interesting. You know, that, you know, there's, that where something's going on in the scene that's, that they've sure. animated, you know. Sure. So. And, I, I, and the time I spent in the game, I had a very good time playing it. Yeah. So, um, I, thumbs up for me. I, I, I'm kind of pleasantly surprised by that. Uh, and I, I, like I said, I, I thought it was different enough to be worth playing. That's for sure. Excellent. Um, this game got pretty good reviews. I will say it's got a score, uh, surprisingly high score on Lemon, 7.83. Again, they're pretty tough over there. Uh, the reviews it got, uh, Amiga, now, these reviews are actually better than I thought they would be, honestly. Amiga actually gave it a, a 93. Uh, Amiga Computing gave it a 95. Now, Amiga Format gave it a 72. Yeah, nice. Amiga Power, 88. And CU Amiga, 78. And the 1 gave it 80. I'd say I'd put it in that somewhere in the 80s. I'd say would I, I, I would give it a 7 out of 10. 
Which I mean, I so use the seventies in. Well, I, I use the whole spectrum of a of a scoring chart. You oh, know, you're where, really what are you? Where five, Ebert? What is well, that? Well, five is an actual average game. Uh-huh. So this, I think, this is an above average game. Yeah, I, I, I think the biggest problems are you move too slow and the replayability isn't there. And again, I think the puzzles are a bit pedestrian. Uh, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. But I mean, they're they're not outlandish or crazy, but they're just they're they're, they're nothing special. I guess is my point. Um, so. Uh, what do you think overall? Yeah, you like it. Yeah. Okay. Not too bad. So uh, next week, I have no idea what we're looking at. Uh, we will we will announce that forthwith. Uh, Boat has uh, uh, a lovely chart that takes care of that, but uh, I'm sure it'll be something interesting. I believe it's an isometric game uh, that I haven't looked at yet. I, I can't. I think I'm trying to go with Saber. Saber Team, I think that might be the name of it. But mm. Don't hold me to that, folks. Um, and John will be back next week. John will be back next week. Good old boat, he'll be back, and uh, I'm sure he will uh, tell us all about France and all the Amigas he saw there. And hopefully, come back with a big stack of Amiga games. Although, from what he told me earlier in the week, the pickings were slim <laughs> in, uh, in 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 Paris. So we'll we'll see what, how that goes down. Um, we have a uh, Patreon page for the show, Brent, in case you didn't know it. I, I'm well aware. Yes. Uh, Long-time sponsor. Yes, I, which is, uh, we appreciate your uh, patronage, Brent. Just uh, leave the check at the door and get out, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> um, you can go over to everythingamiga.com, and we have a link to our Patreon page. And we've got a, a, a slew of, of lovely... Uh, Patreon uh, supporters that uh, a lot of good folks. help us out and uh, give us a few bucks here and there to keep the uh, keep the ball rolling. It really does help. I mean, we've uh, we've got it lights does. and green screens and stuff that we've picked up thanks to Patreon. I mean, it, and, and it all goes back into the show. Yeah, it really yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I remember when we first started, we literally had just a couple cheapo headsets. They were quite horrible, and yeah. we. Uh, we have uh, managed to get some better equipment. Of course, if we could only hire better-looking hosts that were more talented. Well, you know, we I'm hoping be... my money gets there someday. Yeah, right. Just keep <laughs> just keep adding a couple zeros to that, eh? Uh, normally, Boat will sit here and just sing off all the Patreon uh, subscribers' names, but I don't have that ability to uh, sing or dance or do card tricks. So this week, I will just give you my hearty thanks to all the fine... Patreon folks, you know who you are, and uh, we respect you and hope that you will uh, keep on taking care of us. Again, I want to reiterate that we are doing the um, Amigathon, uh, July 7th, 2018. 2018. You keep throwing that in there. You, well, you know, some people are going to listen to this in 2019 and think, oh man, I'm no, going to donate. They should just go ahead and send the money. It'll be, it'll be, we'll take it then, too. It's weird to think in the future. That uh, because we just you know it's funny unceremoniously we had our 150th episode last week so this is the 151st episode Brent right. that you're you're kicking off the new era with a bang uh, but uh, uh, we do appreciate you guys that have already donated on the Amigathon and uh, for those of you that want to check it out uh, again it'll start 6:30 uh, a.m. Eastern Standard Time in the USA uh, adjust your clocks accordingly. And uh, we will uh, be going for at least, I think, I think bare minimum right now, it's 15 hours of old school Amiga game action. In fact, we are Good beginning, times. we are beginning preliminary uh, testing to see the easiest way to get these games to all work. 
because uh, that we've had trouble last year having with the actual <laughs> games getting them on on the show. So we're gonna make sure everything's working okay. So anyway, I think that wraps up. Any final thoughts? Uh, if you want to see more of my lovely mug or listen to my enchanting voice, uh, I am a permanent resident over at ARG Presents now uh, with my that thing. Um, thing. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's that pretty much wraps it up for this week. All right, so uh, Bud will be back next week, and until then, adios. adios.